0: Yes, welcome in on a Friday. Hour number one, presented by Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. Tim Lasher, great Sooner, great company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. And speaking of great Sooners, we are honoring the life, the legacy, the era of Billy Tubbs basketball at the University of Oklahoma, which was the golden era of Sooner basketball. Billy, 333 wins as the Sooner head coach, 641 total Final four, national runner-up, 1988. If that game had not been in Kemper Arena, the Sooners would have won the Natty. I have no doubt they were the best team in the country. Billy was the two-time national coach of the year at Oklahoma. Seven All-Americans, 17 NBA draft picks. Think about all the great players from the big names like Wayman Tisdale and Stacey King and Mookie Blaylock, Harvey Grant. He brought Ryan Miner to Oklahoma. Uh, coach Ryan for two years, Kelvin got him for two years, Skeeter Henry, Brent Price to uh, big-time Jones to Helicopter Bell to David Little and Chucky Barnett and uh, Calvin Pierce and Jan Pinnell and Jason Skrzynski. all of them love playing for Billy Tubbs because he was a great coach, they played a fun, exciting brand of basketball, and we are honoring his legacy today. Parker Thune, how are you today? Everything good? You know, I'm wondering, Steely. And this is a question I've had before, but uh, first off, I
1: want to commend you. Very impressive offhand list of great Sooners on the hardwood from years gone by that you just pulled right out of the recesses of your memory. So, well done. I expect nothing less,
0: but well Well, done. I pulled them out, um, but I did write them down. I pulled them out about 1130, oh, okay. some of the names I wanted to mention, but I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah uh, here, here's my question. When did Natty
1: enter the vernacular? I figure I'd ask you be, because you're really old,
0: you uh, know? so you've been around. I don't know. Maybe the, the last 15, 10, 15 years or so, maybe. We never called it the Natty back in the old golden days. Well, that's
1: what never. I'm thinking. Like, it, maybe It seems 10 years. like a pretty modern addition to the sporting vernacular.
0: I'm sure the text line will let us know. So here's our game plan today. We've had a ton of great guests already. And uh, Tommy Tubbs, thank you, thank you, thank you for the incredible job that you did my friend, for lining up all these guests for it, Billy will be honored tomorrow, and his family, of course, honored tomorrow uh, when the Sooners host Kansas at 3 o'clock in a really big game at the LNC, which would be a great deal. And we thought, you know what, let's go a day early. And uh, we had planned this. I know Casey and Brian Vineyard, uh, TJ, they had planned this behind the scenes with Tommy for a while, and uh, we appreciate Tommy Tubbs. Great dude, great family, the Tubbs family. Uh, so we're looking forward to some interviews today. Taylor Tubbs McDaniel OU Palm during the Billy era and the Palm squad they were stars too back in in the Billy era and we're going to talk to her I think Pat might be coming in Billy's wife as well uh, to at least sit in with us, and that's going to be happening uh, here in a little bit. About uh, we're about 15 minutes away from that, or so. Uh, Chuck Watson, former Billy player, will join us a little bit later on at 12:35, Indianapolis, Indiana, to Norman, Oklahoma, 84 through 87 with Billy. Daryl Chu Kennedy, Oklahoma City, Northwest Glasson, also 84 through 87. Chu Kennedy will be joining us uh, right after 1 o'clock. And then we have former Sooner Sean Clark who was with Billy a little bit earlier, 82 through 85, coming out of the state of Maryland to play for Billy at the University of Oklahoma. So we'll have all of that coming up uh, during our portion of this tribute. It's been a lot of fun. Been a lot of fun. We will talk about these Saab brothers uh, later when Brandon Drum comes on. All right. So uh, it's about Billy pretty much until 1.35. Uh, if you do want to share a Billy memory, uh, 405-651-3439 on the Knipple-Meyer-Chevrolet tax line. We've heard a lot of great interviews today, and I thought, you know what? We, we need to get some Billy audio on, besides like the one we always play, you know, the Missouri game, which is great audio, which was great audio, but I found another uh, couple gems that we can play. Let's hear what Billy Tubbs had to say about um, how he envisioned or what he envisioned OU basketball being all about when he took the job?
2: I wanted stars and I thought because I grew up in Texas, Oklahoma and what I understood people really want and I'm a a typical football fan say at Oklahoma and I grew up being an OU football fan but you want to see, and let's say football, for example. I wanted to see somebody, and I want to see, the, back when they were running the ball a lot, I wanted to see those guys that could run for 1,500 yards, the Billy Sims, the Billy Vessels, all those guys. The, that, I really liked that. And then I, I did not want to sweat out a win. I wanted them to kick their ass. Because that's what fans want. And fans want stars, they want excitement, and that's what we were trying to bring.
0: There you go. Well, they were exciting, that's for sure. There's no doubt. And Billy was one of the wittiest coaches in college basketball. I mean, he could crack you up. He had a sense of humor. But once they threw the ball up in the center circle, one of the most fierce competitors that you would ever see, Billy Tubbs. I mean, he was in in it to win it and have a good time doing it. And uh, I remember one of the lines they, they had beaten, uh, I think it was the coach at Centenary, and there were a few people saying, yeah, Billy's great, man. He's got some great teams. What a great coach. But he also, man, you know, he has a tendency to run up the score or whatever. And uh, one of the coach at Centenary at the time, and I can't remember his name. I can still remember the soundbite on the CBS telecast saying, Billy's great, but he, he may not have a lot of fishing buddies, you know, later in life. And they asked Billy about the soundbite, and Billy said, very simply, I don't fish. With a smile on his face. <laughs> that is a classic Billy Tubbs line. So, uh, we've got a lot to talk about today, and that era of Sooner basketball will never be matched. Here's what Billy said. 1989, the Sooners host U.S. International at the Lloyd Noble Center. They scored 97 points in a half. Not for the game. They ended up, I think, with 173. And they were firing up some shots to get to 100 by halftime. And here is Billy said, why, you know, what happened? Why did they not get the 100 points and a half? And this was Billy's answer. It was a coaching error.
2: It was a coaching error because you remember, you remember when we all played those games, 21 or bust, and you get, you know, if you hit, we just need one, but you hit two and you have to start again. Okay, remember we were talking about, we didn't want to get hundred points. We want to get a, you can get hundred points in a game, maybe 200 points in a game okay so actually we have 97 points with less than three less than 30 seconds to go or something like that and being the nice guy i'm not going to call time out and make the other team look bad and so i'm just going to let it ride and you guys evidently i didn't say look it'd be all right if we get 101 or we get 105 and we go inside two times and we got 101 but y'all in your little (laughs) minds. You subtract 97 from 100 and what does that come out? Three. So we don't want to bust. So we start damn shooting threes. And we we shoot three threes and each one of them deeper.
0: Billy wanted 100. They nearly got 100. They got 173, I think, was the final output in that game against U.S. International. The goals of U.S. International, by the way. What a character, but what a coach, man. What a coach. Uh, the golden era of Sooner basketball. You talk about the Lloyd Noble Center rocking back in the day. Uh, you know, it was a different era of college basketball. You get Billy Tubbs in, his brand of basketball. He brings in Wayman Tisdale. The rest is history. They were off and running. My favorite OU victory, and I know a lot of people will look at the UNLV games when they won at UNLV. I think Stacey King scored like 46 out in the uh, Thomas and Mack Center uh, one year, and they won. They beat Vegas on that day where the ice storm was supposed to affect the crowd, yet everybody was there. It was a jam-packed Lloyd Noble Center, and, and Billy and his team took down Tark and the Running Rebels again that day. But... I liked everybody was talking about the Big East Conference. The Big East Conference was all the rage. Pearl Washington, Patrick Ewing, Chris Mullen, all those teams back in the day. And Billy had always kind of taken a little, a little jabs at the uh, Big East. And then they went to the Carrier Dome against Pearl Washington in Syracuse, and they, they won they won fairly handily. I can still remember the Wayman dunk to steal uh, to seal the victory and it was a, it was a great day among a lot of great victories for Billy and the boys uh during his era of Oklahoma basketball. So we lost Billy on uh, November 1st of 2020, so it's been over 3 years. And I can remember Billy being at the gym running on the treadmill and I this was, you know, Probably, I don't know, a couple years before he got sick and passed and Billy was killing it. I was like on the treadmill and I'm like, Billy Tubbs is kicking my butt on the treadmill. He's still going. And after 20 minutes, I'm over there hopping and puffing and Billy's still going. And we had some conversations, uh, you know, at the gym back in the day and just always so funny and so friendly. So we miss him very much, but we're ready to honor him more today and, of course, tomorrow at the LNC. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's take a quick break. We have Taylor Tubbs McDaniel in with us. And Pat Tubbs, this lovely lady looks remarkable. I think we have two of the most attractive people, well, that have ever been in the studio. I know that. Pat looks amazing. Taylor, big time palm when the palm squad was really a big deal, just like the basketball team back in the day, so we'll talk about some memories uh, with Taylor coming up. Um, And Pat, it's great seeing you in here. Thank you for coming in to be with us as well. All right, we're going to break right here, come back. Hour number one, brought to you by the last year Home Comfort Systems, our ortho-central clips of the day were the two quotes from Billy right there that we played that were Billy classics. Stay with us. All right, we are back. It is Billy Tubbs Day here at the Rep. Mike Steele with you along with Parker Thune, Steelman and Thune at noon, concentrating on the lifetime, legacy of the uh, golden era of Sooner basketball, the Billy Tubbs years at the University of Oklahoma. We have his wife, Pat, is in here. Pat's just, you know, here for the festivities today and with us for a segment. And uh, Taylor Tubbs McDaniel, Billy's daughter, of course, Tommy's brother, Here with us today as well, and uh, what's it been like hearing all these people talk so glowingly about your dad today? Oh my
3: goodness! Well, I got up, uh, you know, before Mike Mims got on, and so I loved listening to him. So I think I've, I've heard most everybody. I missed Alex Brown this morning, so I'll have to get a recap. But it's just been awesome listening to the guys talk, and it it means so much um, to us. So. I'm glad we're doing this this weekend.
0: Yeah, it's been a lot of fun, and I can't wait to see. The turnout's going to be incredible tomorrow, and people still love Billy, all those teams. Uh, What was Billy like as a dad?
3: Oh, my goodness. Well, he was the best dad. I I cannot complain one bit, and we've got PT in here, and um, she she helped things run, and we were just talking about um, off the air that – everything was just so smooth. Um, And that was a great credit to PT over there. And um, she kind of ran the show and let him do his thing. And we did not know any different about, you know, I don't know, we just thought everything was normal. He wasn't always at our things. I think Tommy said this morning, and he didn't see many of Tommy's basketball games and we just we just thought that's how it was um but he he was an outstanding dad supportive he i've thought about this he didn't really bring basketball home a whole lot um we never liked when we lost i do remember (laughs) i mean he would sit up all night watching film after after losses but um It it was just family as normal, I think, when he was at home. Um, But we loved basketball and and the boys and and everything about it. And so um, he just made it a special time. So he was a great dad and a great grandfather and a great husband.
0: You guys, I will tell you, the Palm Squad was pretty big back in the day, too. And, uh, you know, Missy Marler to uh, Rita Bailey, who's still married to Spencer Tillman, and then uh, Beth Ann Hodges. And uh, You guys were kind of stars in your own right. What was that like being on a very popular Palm Squad with your dad coaching the team? That
3: was pretty special. And as a matter of fact, I've had um, some of my – Palm Sisters have been texting this morning, and some are listening right now. And so, the Palms started really right before we came to Norman. Um, Jan Lane Warner started the Palms, and we got to be a front row seat to that. And I was just fortunate to be able to do that alongside of him, um, and be on the floor with him during the ball games and travel with them. Um, We traveled to, I think, all the away games. And when I was growing up, um, when we, before I was on the Palm Squad, we didn't go to all the games, all the away games. They were not always fun for us to go to. It did not bother my dad one bit when um, the crowd was yelling at Mm -hmm. him, but it kind of bothered (laughs)
0: Oh, yeah, the Antlers of Missouri. There's some crazy crowds. Billy's rivalries back in the day with Norm Stewart, with Eddie, with Johnny Orr. I mean, it was just a different era of coaches that were larger than life. And uh, Billy certainly was one of those. But, um, you know, you look at that era of Oklahoma basketball, the Lloyd Noble Center, and it's harder in some ways to get people out to events now because you can sit at home and watch on a giant big screen. but that place was juiced and energized all the time right
3: it was it was awesome yes and and they've been they've done so many improvements um with getting people closer to the floor because when we would go to kansas and osu and the people were right on top of you and i think that was what was kind of hard because they were they were right behind you in your ear and so um, i love what they've done to lloyd noble now bringing the bringing the crowd closer together and um it was it was just a great atmosphere
0: So, Billy uh, was at Lamar University, Beaumont, Texas, and comes to Oklahoma. I can still remember that Lamar team that beat Oregon State in the NCAA tournament. That was one of the higher-seeded teams, and Billy gets the job at Oklahoma. Year one, obviously he didn't have his players. I think they won nine or ten games. After that, though, it was, you know, the the rocket was on the launch pad and it went straight to the moon. It was unbelievable. Um, You know, what I loved about Billy was his wits – and but man once like i said once that ball was thrown up and he was a fierce 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 competitor and most coaches are um there was a story columbia missouri when i was ashback had gone to kansas city so i had traveled with the team that year so we go to columbia missouri and this is an example of billy's wit so they had done a practice or a film session and he was coming back and in the place that we were staying the hotel right when you came into the lobby there was a little bar off right off the lobby and some of us media nerds were standing around there so billy you know not coming into the bar but is just going to be gracious and comes and talks to us just outside the bar this open bar area and as we're talking with billy I can remember this lady comes stumbling into the lobby, and she's a Missouri fan. And she's like, hello, know, you. you're the coach at Oklahoma, you know, and Billy's looks at her and is like, yeah, yeah, and she goes, well, where's your team, and Billy goes, he points at Bob Hersom, and Bob Hersom's probably, you know, 50 years old at the time, well, there's my point guard right there, there's my forward, that guy's my center, and it's all of us media guys, and she's like, that's
3: your basketball team? <laughs>
0: And Billy just went with it. he had the biggest grin on his face. That was Billy right there. Yes,
3: there was never a dull moment. And I, I have to say he was kind of, he was kind of our family entertainment, so we've we've really missed having that there's a little hole there because we missed his his entertainment.
0: Yeah, I uh, and when Tommy had a couple years in junior college and uh, one of my assignments was when Tommy came to OU, they said, I was just a grunt here that would go around and get interviews. And they said, you need to go interview Tommy Tubbs. So for some reason, we had an interview at like 6 in the morning. over and he was in, in the old, uh, was it the Jefferson House or the Bud House at the time? And Mike Dillingham was his roommate. And I remember going in there and knocking on the door, and he comes out. They, I mean, they'd been asleep. And we did this interview, and Mike Dillingham is... Over there the whole time, snoring in the background. I have no idea why we did that. But Tommy has been such a great, great guy. You can tell how much he loves his dad. And I know you all do, but he fights for his legacy at every turn.
3: He, this, He's our champion. And in all things OU basketball and Billy Tubbs, that's that's for sure. He's our leader.
0: Yeah, Tommy and Ann are, are great people, and uh, Billy's legacy is going to live on at Oklahoma forever. Is there a memory that stands out to you of a game or a moment or anything uh, from your days as a palm at OU? That... Well,
3: I was, I was listening to Stacy, and he was talking about Hawaii. And so – I always have great memories of Hawaii. Oh, the Rainbow think, Classic! Yes, we went to um, we went to Alaska one time, and it was too cold. Well, our family went with him to Alaska one time, and it was too cold. So we love those um, Hawaii games. I have so many. I mean, there are so many memories, and I, I'm not great on the what the score was or who did what. But um, I think one. I was thinking because one time that stands out to me. Um, not necessarily a great memory but a teaching memory was when we lost Kansas in the national championship and the palm squad I was on the floor and we were right by the team and you know we had lost and I think I you know I had my head we were sitting on the floor and I had my head down and um, you know obviously really upset I wanted more than anything in the world for him to you know win that game I wanted that for him so I wanted it for all of us but I wanted it for him so bad and so I had my head down and Tommy Tubbs came over and picked me up and said get your head up and his you know at a brotherly loving way get your head up we don't put our head down and that that came from Tommy, but it also came from Billy Tubbs. He Billy Tubbs did not get there to me first, but that was what he taught me in life. Was you know, yeah, we get your head up, and so that is something I always remember through tough times.
0: Billy was a fighter, and he earned everything that he had in life. He earned he hard work, determination, no quit attitude. He picked himself up and became one of the best uh, coaches in college basketball, no doubt. The the Rainbow Classic, uh, that was the story too, where Big Time Jones missed the flight and oh, had to so. and had to fly with North Carolina. Hey, <laughs> I, I missed he my was, flight, Dean Smith. Was, Can I go I with think, you guys? I
3: think he took a nap <laughs> and, and missed the missed the flight. But something um, I going along the lines of get your head up was just the the true grit he had. You know his. His dad died um, when he was a toddler. He watched his mom have a heart attack and pass away when he was 13. And um, my Uncle Wayne and Aunt Jenny, you know, helped raise him, and he helped helped raise himself. And he had goals and determination and just true grit that I've always been amazed by. I'm a school counselor, so that's just something that I—it's just interesting to me that he was just going to— he was going to make it right
0: yeah yeah you know it's it's ironically it's somewhat a little bit like coach witzer's background mm-hmm. and what he had it happened in his his life and he fought his way uh you know the hard way to get where he right. was so and billy did the exact same thing taylor thank you so much taylor tubbs McDaniel, for coming in and sharing some of these memories with thank us we really appreciate so it much. pat you look amazing and you are the MVP of this whole family, right? Oh, that's well, what I hear. She is. That's what I hear. And you look marvelous. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming in and sitting in with us. Been an honor having you. you. All right, uh, Taylor and Pat, thank you very much for sharing your memories. Thank you guys, and it's great so much. seeing you. All right, let's take a break right here. Chuck Watson from Indianapolis to the University of Oklahoma to play for Billy and still right here around Sooner Country. We'll talk to him coming up next, right here. On the home of Sooner fans. All right, we are back. Good to have you with us here on uh, this Friday. Normally, we would be out at Riverwind Casino on a Friday. Uh, We're trying to make a connection with Chuck Watson. Hopefully, we'll be able to get that done here in a minute. We did say 1235, so maybe we're a little bit early. But uh, we'll try and get Chuck on with us here in a minute. Thanks. Uh, Pat Tubbs looked amazing. Taylor looked amazing. It was good having them uh, in here. Uh, to share some memories and uh, just a, uh, a fun day talking about the Billy era of women's basketball. A lot of fun. All right. Uh, 405-651-3439, Chevrolet text line. Uh, I think we're getting a call back from Chuck Riverwind Casino, even though we're not out there today, we moved our remote to Wednesday, get on out there and take part in uh, all the great promotions that they have at Riverwind And we are talking about the very best promotions in the metro area, in the gaming world. And uh, we're talking about the 80K Leap into Love promotional drawings uh, tonight happening at Riverwind Casino. So get on out there and win your share of 80K in cash and bonus play. Have a great meal at... uh, The River Buffet on steak night. They have a seafood night that's amazing on Saturdays, a great brunch on Sundays. Uh, You can dine at Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant or an incredible food court. There's always something happening at the one and only Riverwind Casino. And again tonight, get out there, hopefully hear your name called in the 80K Leap Into Love promotional drawings. Chuck Watson joins us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline with the Sooners, 84 through 87. Chuck, how are you today? Hey, I'm doing fantastic. How about you guys? You guys doing okay? We're doing great. It's always fun talking about Billy Tubbs' uh, Sooner Basketball. Uh, how did Billy lure you out of Indianapolis, Indiana, to Norman, Oklahoma? Uh, actually, it was uh, Coach Newell.
4: Uh, I don't know if you guys Mike remember Mike Newell. Newell. Oh, yeah,
0: Mike Newell. He had to fill in for Billy after the, uh, the, the car accident.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know if you remember. He kind of reminds you of a, a – uh, John Calipari, he was real cool, real smooth with it. Yeah, And uh, uh, Oklahoma had, had some success recruiting in uh, Indianapolis. Uh, if you remember Raymond Whitley, you had Chucky Barnett. And uh, yeah. I forgot the other gentleman that played with McCullum. now. That was from Indianapolis. So uh, uh, there I'm, was a pipeline yeah. of uh, Indiana kids coming to uh, Oklahoma. And then also, of course, Tim McCallum, he was from Gary. So uh, Coach Newell was the one that uh, kind of masterminded that. And uh, it's funny hearing you guys talk about everybody and how we always went to Hawaii. Uh, That brings up a funny story as to how I actually ended up at Oklahoma.
0: All right, let's Uh, hear it.
4: I I had one recruiting visit left, and I told my coach, I was pretty much said I was either going to Purdue or Villanova. And I said, I had one recruiting visit left. I said, I'm going to Hawaii. So my coach called me into the office. He said, "Um, do you really have any intentions of going to Hawaii? I was like, nope. I said, but I got one visit left, and that's when I'm going. <laughs> nah, said, that's smart you, move. That's, he said, do you think that's the right thing to do? And so, you know, I go to class, and I marinate on it. So, of course, I go back to his office and said, okay, I'm not going. So uh, that's how I ended up coming to my last recruiting visit to Oklahoma. And Chucky Barnett, Wayman, and William took me out, and I was a lightweight clothes horse. And they confiscated some of my gear. And Wayman said, the only way you're going to get this back is to come out here and go to school. He said, man, we're getting ready to build something <laughs> great. We're getting ready to overtake this thing. He said, we're ready to make this a basketball school. So if you want your clothes back, you got to come out here and get
0: it. Uh, that's classic. <laughs> that's Funny classic. So,
4: yeah, so we were talking about Hawaii, so I was like laughing. So, yeah.
0: That's good stuff. The uh, And, again, the, the Billy team that won the, you know was in the NIT uh, was the Chucky Barnett, David Little team. Uh, Raymond Uh Juice Whitley, you know, was with Billy for a year, but he had torn, was it his Achilles or something? Yeah. uh, Yeah. And couldn't really play. And Raymond Whitley was a really, really good point guard. And unfortunately, that injury kind of changed everything. But tell me what Billy was like, how much he drove you guys as a coach, but also how close he was to you guys, because he would certainly push you guys, but he also seemed like a player's coach as well.
4: Oh, absolutely. He definitely was a players coach. Um, the thing that really sticks out to me, it, it wasn't that, I mean, of course we had some very vigorous practices. I mean, we could not wait to play another team. Now he would do that. Um, but the biggest thing for me to take away is the family atmosphere um, that he created. And, and a lot of that has to do with miss Pat, but that's the thing. It just created a friendship. We have I mean, I got guys now that I'm what 40, 40 something years friends with our, our kids grow up together knew each other or, still hang out to this day so that's the number one thing that kind of sticks out to me the family atmosphere that he created and uh and the mere fact that man we love going on the road and that that camaraderie that took place when we went on the road that was the biggest thing the fostering of that family atmosphere so that way when we went anywhere abroad or anywhere on the road we were ready it's like we were one big family and you know if one family member fights we all fight So that that was our mentality and of course he pushed you like no other i mean there were several guys that came in who were highly recruited. They didn't make it past the track, you know what I mean? So yeah,
0: yeah. And
4: then he was one of the first people too. You know, back then it was you couldn't necessarily have um, um, practices before the season started. So after we ran on the track, we had this volunteer, if you wanted to call it that, volunteer pickup game. That it was mandatory that you be
0: there. Yeah, yeah mandatory <laughs> as as volunteer. You
4: running on a track in 100 degree <laughs> weather in the beginning of the September, right? It's like okay, you got voluntary pickup games that you better be there. Yeah, oh, because you know, they were upstairs watching in the Lloyd Noble. So yeah, he definitely pushed you. But uh, we had man, we had so much fun. It was it was incredible. Man. It was a
0: fun era, no doubt. Covering the team was fun. And you mentioned Mike Newell. We had Mike Mims on this morning. Uh, Mike Anderson was a big part of that staff. Great dude. Love Mike Anderson. He was a huge part of the Billy era. Jim Kerwin was there. You guys had some phenomenal assistant coaches as well. What is your favorite story about Billy uh, personally, about something funny or just something that he did uh, you know, during a game or practice?
4: Well, there's two things that that kind of stick out to me. The one is when we end up uh, losing, I think it was Wayman's sophomore year. We were ranked number six in the country. I think we were number one seed, and we lost to Dayton.
0: Roosevelt Chapman.
4: Yeah, and uh, 30 points went to Tim, so don't let him tell you otherwise. But anyway, uh, so after the game, Billy was fuming. He was so mad. He came in the locker room. He said, hey, guys, you just blanked yourselves out of some diamonds, talking about our rings. You know we were going to get (laughs) because I want to say we were getting ready to be the first team in Big Eight history to go undefeated like two years in a row. We went thirteen and one two years in a row, and uh, and I want to say we lost to Iowa State both times.
0: And those were not that was not an easy schedule to to run like that in the Big Twelve, the the Big Eight back then. There were some tough places to go win. So that twenty six and two over that span is pretty remarkable.
4: Absolutely. And then the second thing is when I came back here. I was up in the Washington, D.C. area, Harvey. I was with Harvey pretty much his entire uh, NBA career. And like I say, our kids are still friends to this day, and they were just here for my son's wedding. Um, but anyway, so I moved back to uh, Oklahoma. Um, and so I had uh, Coach Sub down as a reference. Now, mind you, I'm getting ready to be a vice president at Chase in a commercial, and so you, you're looking at some pretty decent money, you know, six figures. So I get a call from the HR lady, and she was kind of, she was playing along. I didn't she sounded real serious. I was like, oh Lord. She said, Well, I called Coach Tubbs or Billy Tubbs for a reference to, you know, to confirm your reference. And uh, so she went into the shorts. He said, uh, I called him and he said, Um, I don't know a Charles, but I know a Chuck. And she, she started laughing, but it had me <laughs> it had my heart about ready to jump I out bet. of my chest at so that particular <laughs> time because she was sounding kind of serious, like, you know, something went wrong with the reference or whatever. And then and, and, and straight Billy Sasson, he's like, Hey. I don't know a Charles, but I know a Chuck. <laughs> so Clancy. those are kind of things that stick out to me. But yeah, it was so many moments that we had and that shared. And uh, he was a great guy, great coach. I had a greater appreciation for him once I got a little older and and, and 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 got into my man my manhood myself and understanding the things that he taught us and and the things that that still is instilled in me to today and even my kids now, like my daughter. Uh, we have a thing, anytime new restaurants come out, she's, you know, finding them for us. And that kind of stems from the fact that every time we went on the road, we found the nicest restaurant. And we all went there, the tipping club members, the tipping club boosters, the players, and we had such a wonderful, fabulous time. And as a matter of fact, I was in Nashville, Tennessee, probably two years ago visiting my mom. And there was a guy from Syracuse, New York. And he said, I remember when y'all came to Syracuse, and I I, remember it. It was an Italian restaurant that y'all went to, and y'all shut it down. Now, mind you.
0: I remember we talked about that Syracuse game when Billy was talking about, you know, kind of taking his jabs at the Big East, and you guys went there and beat Pearl Washington in the Carrier Dome.
4: Yeah, and so just to have a guy come up to you, you know, because I had on my OU shirt, he said, man, I remember when you guys came to Syracuse, and he said, do you remember the Italian restaurant that you guys went to I said, I remember this being an Italian. I don't remember per se what it was, but he, he gave me the whole rundown of what happened, what transpired. I'm like, wow. So it's, uh, it's really interesting to, uh, to move around the country and then run into people, and they remember things more vividly than you do that wasn't even a part of our program. That's, how, that's the magnitude of what Billy did and the exposure that he brought to Oklahoma, particularly Oklahoma basketball.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Chuck, it's great to hear your voice, and uh, you obviously, you're still here in the 405, and, uh, you know, we need to catch up again sometime because I know people love hearing these Oklahoma basketball stories and have fun at the festivities tomorrow.
4: Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me on.
0: Chuck Watson with the Sooners, 84 through 87, Indianapolis, Indiana, and has gone on to uh, continue to live right here in the Sooner State right here in the 405. All right, Mike Steely Parker Thune with you. Hour number one. Hour number one brought to you by Lasher Home Comfort Systems 405-579-3113. five seven nine thirty one thirteen. Let's get to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. six five one thirty four thirty nine. We'll do that next. Chew Kennedy coming up just after one o'clock here on the Ref. We uh, we touched on it briefly with uh, Chuck Watson, but yeah, the uh, you know Billy was involved in that serious injury when he was out running around Highway 9, Imhoff Road, I think is where it was, where he got hit by a car, had to go to the hospital. It was a scary deal. That was the 83 season, I believe, and Mike Newell had to be the coach in the tournament. And Mike Newell got to go against Bob Knight in the tournament. And uh, I think it was in – I know it was in the state of Indiana. I think it was in Evansville, Indiana. And they had to, uh, you know, Billy wasn't available to coach. Mike Newell took over, and the Sooners played a uh, Bob Knight Indiana squad and lost by, I think it was 10, 15 points, something like that. So that was a scary deal.
1: Obviously glad Billy was okay, but can yeah. you imagine being the person driving the car?
0: Oh, Not know. only do you hit yeah.
1: somebody, but the guy you hit is Billy Tubbs.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was a scary deal, but he obviously came back and uh, – um, you know, did a phenomenal job. But I can remember Mike Newell again. I'm thinking, man, Mike Newell, all of a sudden he's going to – because when Knight walks on the court, and that one was not in Bloomington, but I, I'm almost positive it was in Evansville, Indiana. But when Knight walks out, that I remember the entire arena. You know, they start playing the Indiana fight song, and it's like, you know, here comes the general, Robert Montgomery Knight. And Mike Newell, I think, I just – there was a little bit on his face like, oh, you know what. But, um, anyway, uh, Billy was able to come back and uh, build, uh, keep building on what was already starting to be a good career and turn it into a phenomenal career at OU. All right, Parker, you want to get to the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet tax line? By all means. Let's do Let's it. Let's
1: do it. Let's see what the folks are saying. A 918 listener says, they also asked Billy why he ran up the scores on weaker teams, and he said, if I pull off, that's point shaving, and it's against the law.
0: That sounds like Billy, yeah. yeah.
1: He said, another great quote from Billy Tubbs, the student section was so much fun. We would all get there early, best seats, study, and then open up the student newspaper. The whole student section had newspapers out when they would introduce the visitors, chant who cares for each starter, then tear up the newspapers and throw them in the air when they announced the starting five for OU. Great times. They did. I don't know if they did or they do something like that at Allen Fieldhouse, because um, when I went up to Allen for OU's game last month, the student section did something along those same lines where they all had newspapers in the student section, ripped them all up as OU's lineup was getting introduced, threw them all in the air.
3: Heos. You got
0: to see some great non-con games, Parker. Back in the day, those Vegas teams were great. Um, you know, and you had Missouri and Iowa State and Oklahoma State and Kansas, obviously, K-State. K they were really good games in the Big Eight. But you got to see, you know, that Christian Layden or Bob, that Duke team come in. You got to see Pitt with Jerome Lane. You got to see Georgia Tech with Mark Price and Bruce Dalrymple and John Sally. Uh, you know, you got NC State came. I remember there was a Greek kid who they were hassling in the layup line. Next thing I know, the kid was, I can't remember his name. He was one of the, like the 6'10, 6'11 kid. And he's going into the student section. And they got to come pull him off. And then Jim Valvano ends up eating pizza over there with the OU students. Um, I'm trying to remember if Chris Washburn made it for that game or he'd been arrested for stealing a stereo and was ineligible. But yeah, there were some crazy times back at the LNC. Great, great, great times. Steely, will the Skeeter meter be po- deployed tomorrow? It should be. It should be. Skeeter Henry was on earlier. In fact, Parker, why don't we pull up the clip? It's about 20 seconds. Skeeter Henry, uh, what appealed to him most about playing for Billy at Oklahoma? And here's what – I think it was Herman Skeeter Henry, if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to go ahead and Google it up. But here's what Skeeter had to say.
5: It was, it was a style of play. Man. And, I mean, he, said, he mentioned if he play great defense then you can do anything on offense. So,
6: it, it was just an amazing run, man. I mean, we were scoring hundreds. of. If, if, if the football team scored 50, then he want us to hang 100.
0: <laughs> there you go. Skeeter Henry on with the uh, Plank Show. Chris Plank earlier today. Really good stuff. Nova Sooner
1: on the text line says, Billy was great to all the other OU athletes, too. We baseball players would say hey or sit with him, and he was always so gracious and hilarious.
0: He had an incredible wit about him. Like I was telling uh, – Pat and Taylor, I said, one of my, probably my favorite press conference of all time was the all-college press conference where Billy Tubbs got up to speak, and then Abe Lemons got up to speak. It was like being at the improv out in Hollywood. I mean, it was like two stand-up comedians. And uh, just really great times, man. Really great times. And uh, I ended up going to Wichita Falls back back in the, like, 1989, so I got... You know, like almost nine years covering Billy Ball, and it was it was a blast. It was really a lot of fun. Okay, uh, by the way, I was going to tell a story real quick because Plank also had Bo Overton on today, and Bo was on. You know, Billy's really early teams at OU, and Bo was a great high school player in the state of Oklahoma and a really good player at OU, and but. Bo Overton, I remember when we were at Norman High, he was the superstar player in the state out of Ada. You know, his dad ended up coming back to Norman and coaching the Norman Tigers. Uh, Great basketball family. But I can remember Bo Overton, if you grew up playing sports in Norman back in that era, you played Optimus League football and basketball. And our basketball games were out at the North Hangar over there, over by Max Westheimer. You know, there was one big court and there were six, like four, five, six courts attached to each other. And that's where you played your games. Well, that's also where Max Markwit, the longtime Norman High School basketball coach, did his summer camp. So when I was listening to Bo on with Plank this morning, which was really good stuff, I remember, you know, Max would teach you all, go through all the drills, you would play five on five games. You know, uh, when you were in, you know, we weren't very old at the time, and I think Bo was probably maybe a junior, maybe a sophomore junior, but it went all the way up to that age group. Anyway, at the end of the camp, they had a one-on-one competition for each age group, and I remember that Bo Overton won his age group with a broken hand, playing with a cast on one hand. So Bo Overton won his age group, being a one-handed basketball player. And another winner in his age group was none other than Mark Price, who ended up being an NBA All-Star with the Cleveland Cavaliers, all America at Georgia Tech, Denny's son, obviously. Brent, Brent played at OU, uh, transferred from South Carolina, I think, wasn't it, from South Carolina to OU. But, yeah, so Bo won with one hand his one-on-one division, and Mark Price won as well. They were some talented. Guess who got his ass kicked, by the way. Who's that? camp, Mate. Oh, okay. yeah, So, yeah. How did
1: Mark Price get out of the state of Oklahoma? Is there a backstory Yeah, to that? I,
0: I don't know. We were talking about that, imagining Bobby Crimmins got into Georgia Tech, and Georgia Tech had a pretty good run with all those players. Uh, no doubt. They had a lot of ACC Rookies of the Year, and uh, that was a really good era for Georgia Tech basketball. Mark Price, one of the great shooters in the history of the NBA, great free-throw shooter, and just turned 60 years old like three or four days ago mark price all right thanks to last your home comfort systems for hour number one we've got Chu kennedy okc northwest class into the university of oklahoma coming up to start hour two keep it here we're talking about the billy tubbs era today And our second hour is presented by Black Thunder Roofing, locally owned and operated in Norman and in Edmond, blackthunderroofing.com, 405-473-8028. They also service uh, Shawnee, Yukon, and Mustang. Black Thunder Roofing is your local roofer. Angie's List Superior Service Award winner four different uh, times. Black Thunder Roofing can do it all. One-stop shop for customers who are looking for one Contractor BlackThunderRoofing dot com, four zero five four seven three eighty twenty eight. We got a bunch of great texts rolling in. We're going to get to as many as we can when we can. And uh, Yvonne Joseph was the name of the uh, other seven footer, five one two for Georgia Tech in that game at the LNC. Uh, so anyway, we have True Kennedy ready to roll. Oklahoma City Northwest Class and State Champion of the University of Oklahoma. The one. The only Daryl Chu
6: candidate. Chew, how you doing? Hey. What's going on? I'm doing pretty
0: good. Yeah. Good. How about being able to talk about uh, Billy today all day here on the Ref? Uh, what attracted you to OU, and uh, why did you end up signing with the Sooners? You had a lot of offers, Chu. Why Oklahoma? No.
6: No, man, you know, I think it was probably from the AAU squad, you know, Wayman, me and Wayman, and we all was playing together, and Wayman went there, and I thought Mark Price was going to come to OU too. I
0: know. Maybe it's because you beat him in the state championship. Yeah, that made
6: me kind of go down there to Norman. I said, and I was thinking Mark was going to go down there too, but he ended up going to Georgia Tech, and we ended up playing them, so. It was just a, a different life back then. That's a long time ago, but I'm glad I made that decision because you know Oklahoma is my school.
0: Chu Kennedy, great high school player, Northwest Class, and always a fun interview. Uh, funny dude, but a heck of a player. Chu, were you a, like just a legit six five? Is that what you would say you were? Was did you get to six six? What was yeah. your true height? Like six five? I
6: was just six five. Yep, I didn't never get six six. I'm just six. I'm, I'm now. I'm. I'm shrunk probably half an
0: inch. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the thing is, man, you could score inside. You had range, but you could score inside, man. What was the uh, What was the key? How did you develop your inside game as well as the
6: well, you know, the outside you shot? You know what they always say. We was the We were known as the Butt Brothers early in our careers. You know that, don't you? (laughs) Yeah. Had a little caboose working, too, yeah. The, the, The derriere days, you know, we all seemed like we had big butts. I think it was just the style that Billy liked to play where we'd post up and try to get the ball inside, and he knew I knew how to score You know, I was always just a scorer, man. I didn't care where I caught the ball. I didn't care if you shot it. It didn't matter. I would go get it off the rebound if you shot it. I mean, I just learned just to go get it. I didn't care. I didn't learn to go get it i didn't I'd watch the ball and follow it, and that was pretty much it.
0: What was it like playing for Billy practices, meetings, and then um you know uh, dealing with him also as just a just as a person?
6: Uh, you know we loved Billy. He was a character and you know he didn't like it if we were late. He never liked it if we weren't focused. And if you were climbing around, oh, he was going to make you run every step in that Lloyd Noble. I think I didn't touch the, all the steps. I've been there every <laughs> I've ran around a few times for disciplinary actions, I guess. But, you know, he always stayed motivated to play hard as we can. And, you know, he talked a lot of mess. And he was like, hey, if I'm going to talk this mess, y'all better be ready to back me up. So that was just how he was. That's how we make. That's how he coached too. Same style. You better be tough and ready to go get it. And you know, if he got mad, you remember the microphone. Oh yeah. <laughs> no yeah. matter no matter how bad the refs get, <laughs> don't throw stuff on the floor. That was a character, boy. Billy was most definitely a loved character. I'm glad they're having a a recognition day. You know. More form now, you know, because they kind of, you know, I guess when he left, you know, he left on bad terms, you know, I don't know.
0: Well, it, it, all good things must come to an end at some point. Then he went on to TCU and did a great job there with Lee Nail yep. and those teams. Yep. So the the guy was just a basketball coach, and he, you know what, Billy was tough as nails. We talked with Taylor and his wife. Pat <laughs> His wife Pat was in here. And by the way, Pat Tubbs looks great. Um And, you know, talking about his upbringing and how he had to fight Scrabble for everything, man, you know. Um, yeah. So he was he was a tough guy who was very competitive of the uh, the non-conference games. And you guys had some classics. What was like your favorite moment in a non-conference, you know, big national matchup that you remember?
6: Oh, man, you know, we had, we had quite a few. You know, the Kansas and the Vegas and the, the Georgia Tech. I always liked the Georgia Tech. You know, that was one of our best games on Natch team. We came back and won. We was down like 10 or something. But that was a great game for me. I think I had a good game.
0: <laughs> I was talking about, you know, the Big East was all the rage back in the day. And you think about, Chu. you think about the level of college basketball at that time. The ACC, every night, in, yep. in you know, you had MJ against Ralph Sampson yep. or Lynn Bias or Mark Price. Uh, in the Big East, you had Pearl against Pat- Syracuse, yeah. yes. Patrick Syracuse, Ewing, St. Yes. Yep. John's, but the Big Eight battles were like that, too. And Billy kind of always thought that the Big Eight didn't quite get enough respect, but you guys yep. go up to the Carrier Dome and you beat Pearl in the, uh, the Syracuse squad there. That was an awesome oh, yeah, matchup.
6: That was a that was one of the you know that was my first time ever being in an arena that big and you know it was a a football stadium I guess that's what the Carrier Dome is so yeah. it was humongous when they walked in it felt like we was walking into another world the wind hit us at the door it was just wind I was like what's going on what, what kind of place is this big building big place exciting the crowd was going crazy that was one of that was one of our better games I like winning those kinds and. and the, and of course, I always remember the Kansas. You know, we had the fiasco at Kansas when I when I think about Ron Artest and the riot and the fight. And that's what I felt like when I got hit in the back of the head that day. Oh yeah,
0: that's right. Yeah, and yeah. you guys, um, you got accused of flipping off the crowd there, and you were holding up well, your you were holding up your ring finger, right?
3: Yeah,
6: I was holding up the ring finger all the way. <laughs> It was a ring finger, no doubt. It they they proved that it was a ring finger, but I most definitely probably was uh, thinking read between the lines.
0: <laughs> I can still <laughs> remember the John Brooks post game. John Brooks <laughs> he's fighting with Kansas fans on the post game. You guys go to yeah. Allen Fieldhouse and get it done. But those that were some games good. back then. That was a
6: great game too. That was a great one. Yeah, that was a great one. And I think we 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 won them not
0: only victory in Kansas. Yeah, they later won. The last one was Terry Evans, but you guys had that great win there, too. Um, Who was the toughest player that you went against, either in the Big 8 or any of those non-conference matchups?
6: (laughs) Man, you know, there were so many. You know, I always remember Jeff Greer, Derek Chivas, Danny, of course. You know, it was always a lot. You know, we always had somebody. Joe Atkinson, it was always somebody battling, battling. It was just a battle. And we had a lot of great players we went up against in that Big 8 that year. Because I remember all of them ended up going first round. And Mitch Richmond. All of them ended up going first, first round. You know, I always hate Mitch because Mitch beat us my last game at OU.
0: Yeah, Mitch Richmond, that was a team. Lon Kruger coached uh, K-State team. And then Mitch Richmond came, uh, you know, yeah. went out to Golden State, and they had a nice run out there. Jeff Grayer brings back some memories at yep. Iowa State. Derek Chivas, Band-Aid. We still don't oh, know. And, uh, Jeff Hornacek for Iowa State. Okay. Oh,
6: man. Man, he used to shoot some stuff. We didn't know what he was shooting. I didn't know he could shoot like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Chew, what are you doing these days? Oh, man, you know, I'm just a,
6: uh, a landlord. <laughs> Don't do too much. Rent out property. That's about it. And get to hang around and just watch sports all the time and take care of my family. You know, that's about it. And on the Internet all the time. I had Mike, uh, when a friend of mine, Mike, just hear me talking. About, oh, he's listening right now. What up, Mike? I hear you out there in Cali. <laughs> <laughs> the uh,
0: What do you think of the Thunder, by the way, this year?
6: Oh man, you know, I, you know, I kind of make up names for everybody to play on the Thunder, but you know, I like Chet. You know, he's the he's my new uh uh uh, uh, uh center because he can run the floor and he can shoot jumpers, so he's more agile than most centers out there. So he really can make a difference. And then of course I like Jalen Williams and Shea, and I like the rookie too. Uh, uh, And I like Giddy. I mean, the Thunder's playing well this year. A lot of people don't like the way he coaches and how he kind of subs a lot and plays 12 people a lot. But to me, that's what makes great teams.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, Hayward and uh, Bismarck Biambo coming aboard after the All-Star
6: break. Yeah, we we – They brung Bionbo because we need some size. We need somebody to go down there and hit somebody. Mm. The other Jalen Williams is good. I like him, but he's just not big enough to handle any seven-foot big guys. And then Chet, we know he can't, but he's fast enough to outrun them. You know, he's like Bill Russell to me. He runs that floor like Bill Russell. He blocks shots and gets out and be gone. ain't no other centers running like that.
0: There you go, yeah. On the text line, it reminded me about the mittens you guys wore uh, afterwards too, when you were accused. Oh, of oh, doing oh that yeah, text. Kansas, yeah, <laughs> yeah, classic. That's then,
6: a, me and DJ. Yeah, I remember they had a picture of me and DJ in the paper holding up the mittens. We DJ. had the mittens on, Billy, Yeah, Billy told us not to. He told us to, to have one hand today, just a mitten. That was it.
0: <laughs> That's such a Billy <laughs> move. That's classic. David Johnson was a heck of a player, Kansas City Mo. Too. He was a, a really good player uh, for yeah. the Sooners. All right, shoot. Man, it's great catching up with you. You're quite the character as always, and I, I'm glad to hear you're doing well. And it's great reminiscing with you. Thank you.
6: Appreciate it, guys, and everybody. Come on out and support Billy this weekend. You know we got to get Billy in the hall too. I mean, I understand what they after, but we gotta we gotta recognize some of our great coaches that've been in Oklahoma.
0: Thanks, you Appreciate you. All right, Daryl Chu Kennedy. What a character he is. Uh, he, you know, he was that way at OU, and he's still going strong. Good catching up with Chu Kennedy. All right, let's take a break right here. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you, uh, you know, sitting back and taking in all these uh, great stories about Billy Tubbs. He'll be honored tomorrow, OU men's game against Kansas, 3 o'clock on ESPN. Interesting to see what the injury situation will be like tomorrow. Hugely, you know, out. Uh, Rivaldo Suarez, you know, yesterday uh, Porter had said he was in a boot, wasn't moving around at all. Kevin McCullough for Kansas. Huge game for both teams tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Get on out there and honor the uh, legacy of Billy Tubbs on Billy Tubbs Day tomorrow at the LNC. All right, break time right here. Mike Steely Parker-Thune with you. Sean Clark. Also is going to join us coming up next. We do have our visit with Brandon Drum coming up. We'll talk recruiting and some Sooner football, 135. When we get back, former Sooner Sean Clark remembers Billy Tubbs and those early Oklahoma Billy teams next. Right here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Yes, sir. We are having ourselves a party today. We're partying our derriers off. That's what we're doing on Billy Tubbs Day here on the Ref. Riverwind Casino, it's always a party. Get out there tonight, Riverwind Casino. Enjoy a great meal at the River Buffet. It's steak night tonight, tomorrow night it's seafood night. On Sunday it's a great brunch. Uh, You can also stop by Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant. Great, great menu there. Great place to watch the game. Really a cozy hangout kind of place. And then they have a tremendous food court that's newly redesigned. You won't miss the game there. Uh, You can hang out at Riverwind and always have a great meal. They've got a world-class hotel and the very best promotions, as well at Riverwind Casino. The gaming promotions are second to none. Their uh, promotions team—they are—they're just—they're—they're they're awesome. And tonight, uh, you have a chance to get out there and win your share of 80k in cash and bonus play. It is the 80k Leap into Love promotional drawings night, and they're going to give away a lot of cash and bonus play. Uh, so they always have great opportunities to not only win those jackpots, and it's usually around $25 million every month, but uh, win some of these great promotional you know, cash bonus play prizes, and then sometimes prizes like they gave away five trips to uh, Lucky Patrons to Super Bowl 58. Always something happening over at the one and only Riverwind Casino. Good times abound at Riverwind Casino. All right, uh, Sean Clark joins us. Sean Clark from the state of Maryland to Norman, Oklahoma, and still hanging out, Southmore, basketball, Brandywine, Maryland, 82 through 85. Sean, how are we doing today? Good afternoon, still,
5: man. How's it going?
0: I'm doing great, man. It's good to hear your voice. Um, I was trying to think back. Uh, was, was Jan Pinnell a connection for you getting to OU? How did you end up at Oklahoma?
5: Actually, I didn't find out about uh, Jan until actually, uh, you know, we 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 got there and uh, and that's when we finally kind of had that uh, connection. I knew a little bit about uh, Jan uh, in in the you know DC area, but uh, didn't know that we end up becoming uh, teammates at that time.
0: And why did you wind up at Oklahoma? You were there 82 through 85 and, you know, played sparingly your first year, and then you gradually got more playing time. And then your last two years, you came a, became a pretty big factor for those squads. Was it all about Billy Ball, Billy's personality? What attracted you to Norman?
5: You know, first and foremost, it was the, uh, uh, the town of Norman. Uh, I had a desire to uh, play out of state. Most people want to play close to home. I wanted to kind of get away. And then without no doubt, it was the connection with, uh, you know, Mike Newell and uh, Mike Anderson, you know, at that time, and then obviously with uh, Coach Tuff. But it was definitely Billy Ball that uh, secured
0: it for me. What, uh, would you say to somebody who had no clue what Billy Tubbs was, you know, while he was here with us, what he was all about, how would you describe Billy Tubbs as a person, as a coach to someone else who might have no idea who he was?
5: Well, first and foremost, you know, coach Tubbs was, you know, unapologetically himself and what you see is what, what you got. And, uh, so had a lot of respect, um, no, for that, uh, you know, he revolutionized the game. in kind of a little bit before the head of time, to where it was almost an NBA style. Uh, you know, as my brother has mentioned throughout the day, uh, it was definitely uh, a staunch uh, defensive staunch component of what we did every single day. And uh, but very charismatic. Uh, people often refer to him as a little bit of a jack. Uh, nicholas type character so uh, a, a, a lot a lot of fun um, ideal to play for a player's coach uh, who push who push you and, and try to get every uh, ounce of potential out of you
0: I can't remember the uh, the national TV game that you guys are going to play, but you were going through a practice uh, that Friday, and it was towards the end of the practice, and you guys might have been shooting free throws. It's been so long, and I'm old now. But I can remember <laughs> Vital showed up for the first time, and he's walking down the ramp to the floor, you
6: better stop playing defense,
0: baby! You know, and uh, you right. know, jokingly, I don't know if you remember that moment, but that was kind of the reputation as, man, great, it's fun, running gun basketball, but there's not a lot of defense being played. And I remember calling the Kansas basketball office before you guys played Kansas. And this was, it wasn't was uh, the national champ. It was that year, but it was a regular season game. And I couldn't right. get a hold of anybody in the sports information department, so I just picked up the phone and called the Kansas basketball office. Larry Brown picked up the phone. The secretary, oh, wow. I guess, was at lunch. So I had said, we do a show inside so center basketball. Could I get five minutes? He was like, sure. He just got back from a run. and get, He was the only one in the office. So I remember him saying – Billy's teams do play defense, but they want you to shoot and shoot quickly. They're going to give you a shot that you may think is open, but they don't think you can make because they want the ball back because they think they're going to make a a lot more than you do. Do you think that was an accurate take on Billy's philosophy?
5: Yes, no no doubt. It it was uh, defense to get the ball back. And if we could force you into uh, a a, a quick shot and – you know, we wanted to get out, and you know, we had five dudes at any one time that all five positions could cut out and run and, and finish at the rim. You know so that brought on those uh, tuna five sky days, and uh, you know we were entertaining and uh, from one position down to the big man in the middle with uh, Wayman Tisdale.
0: What was it like playing with Wayman? He made
5: it, uh, got me a lot of open shots, um, you know, but. The ideal, uh, you know, it was, you know, people mentioned kind of the, the rock star mentality when we were out there, but people spoke of uh, Wayne how humbled he was. And uh, he wasn't demanding. He wasn't demanding. I mean, he wasn't one of those type of players, like give me the ball, give me ball, give him the ball. Uh, once you just kind of figure out where he wanted it, when he wanted it, uh, you know, it was okay. So, I mean, the guy was very capable, virtually unstoppable, um uh, we just knew our job was to uh get the ball to Wayman, spot up, kick it out, knock down the jumper.
0: Sean Clark is with us. Uh eighty two through eighty five, still right here, has been in the area for a while. You guys have probably seen Sean and uh you know, he's been coaching in uh, high school basketball, whether it's a head coach, assistant coach, still working in the game of basketball. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um Sean, I, I was telling somebody the other day, and no, nothing against the players on any roster now, and, you know, at OU or wherever, but I was saying those really good Billy teams, they would beat this Kansas team coming to Norman tomorrow by 25 or 30 points. It is, it it was just a different era of basketball, and yes, you had some guys who left early, whether it was Magic or MJ, and things changed a little bit, but you had teams that would stay together for three, sometimes four years. That last undefeated 76 Indiana team, I think they had one junior in the starting lineup and a bunch of seniors, and they'd played together forever. So the the level of college basketball back then is much better than it is today. What do you think when you watch today's level of college basketball, and how much do you think this Sooner team, the great Sooner teams that you played on, could beat just about any any team in college basketball now? Am I wrong on that?
5: You 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 spot on, and uh, you know as we're you know celebrating the legacy of uh, Billy Tubbs, you know it's always he instilled a mentality in us that we can go out beat anyone at any time, any place. It did, it didn't matter, and so it was no doubt that when we stepped onto the floor that we were the better team. He had us convinced that we were the uh, better team. Um, you know, I have to look back on it and have been <clears throat> reminiscing and thinking about uh, coach Tubbs, uh, what he's meant to me. And, and actually some of the best conversations I've had with coach Tubbs was uh, sitting in the sophomore gym, watching his grandson play. We're just sitting there mm-hmm. and we're talking about everything. And one of the subjects was this day and age of college basketball and in Basically, he said exactly what you said. That those teams, the OU teams of back then, would be competing for national titles year in and year out.
0: Yeah, and, and no disrespect to Porter or uh, anybody else. You know, you you play in the in the era, and you coach in the era that you're in, and it's just just a different era. Uh, but we had back in the '80s in the Billy era just golden college basketball years they were unbelievable sean i know that you just mentioned you've been around the sophomore program you've been involved in high school basketball tell everybody what you've been up to again
5: oh uh, yeah i've been a longtime high school basketball coach for uh, over 30 years uh most recently uh here's uh sophomore high school as uh i was a girls coach for a while and most recently assistant boys coach uh you know i had the pleasure to uh coach my son uh who has helped develop him throughout his uh, development as a uh, basketball player as well as at Southmore. And uh, he's currently playing at Southwestern Christian University up in Bethany in and doing well. And so that's it. I've been in, uh, in education. i uh, been working with uh, a paraprof- paraprofessional uh, with special needs, special education uh, here for the past couple of years. So that's very, very rewarding. Um, it keeps, keeps me grounded. Uh, of course, that connection to Hoof keeps me connected to, believe it or not, keeps me connected to Billy Tubbs. Not a day goes by where, you know, pregame, postgame, um, there's a Billy Tubb-ism that comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and, I bet. And, and it, it, right, right. And, uh, you know, I was uh, speaking with a young lady the other day, and she was just kind of talking about. Uh, her dad, who was her AAU coach, and she mentioned that I want you guys to play belly ball. And that's what uh, how he turned and what he brought to the University of Oklahoma, uh, putting, putting the tuners on the map, making it a national brand. Um, we don't have the Blake Griffins. We don't have these, these current stars. Most recently come through the Trey Youngs and Buddy Hills uh, you know, if we don't have the Billy Tuff.
0: Yeah, that's true. Sean, man, it's great catching up with you. I love that you've stayed around here and you've been involved uh, coaching kids again since then. Uh, It's been so much fun to catch up with you and, you know, Chu Kennedy we just had on, Chuck Watson. Uh, you were always one of the best guys when I was toting the Morantz uh, recorder around the Lloyd Double Center talking to you sure. guys, it seemed like, every other day or maybe every day. Oh, gosh, here comes that kid again. No. <laughs> but uh, you were always super gracious and a uh, super cool guy, and I appreciate uh, catching up with you. Thank you.
5: I appreciate it still, man.
0: Sean Clark joining us. And uh, memories of Billy Tubbs, a bygone era, but what a great era it was of Sooner basketball. All right, let's talk a little Sooner football. Brandon Drum's going to join us when we get back next. He'll join us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. A lot of the boys will be back in town tomorrow to honor Billy Tubbs at the LNC 3 o'clock tip tomorrow. Nationally televised game on ESPN against Kansas. But we'll turn our attention to Sooner football and talk to our friend Brandon Drum coming up next right here in The Ref. Well, we're back here. Steel Man and Thune
1: at noon. Brandon Drum set to join us in a moment. I'm not sure what happened to Steely. He's around here somewhere. But I look up and he's gone from his chair. Maybe it's the old man dealing with incontinence. I don't really know. Regardless, to the Riverwind Casino jackpot line we go. Brandon Drum now joining us. Oh, wait, there's Steely. We there got caught telling Billy, We got
0: caught telling uh, Billy Tubbs stories in the hallway. Oh, I, bad. Told,
1: I told everybody you were dealing with a bout of incontinence.
0: No, 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 no. <laughs> I might later this weekend. Who knows? You know what happens to us olds, but my apologies. That was an amateur move. Hi, Brandon. How you doing? Good. How are you guys? Okay. Tell me about the latest offer, you guys. Latest offer. The, <laughs> uh, the, the Sab Brothers connection is eventually going to be a, an Oklahoma thing, right?
7: <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, Parker and I were actually just talking about that off air. It's something we're digging on. Um, obviously, uh, the older brother portals, two offers go out to, you know, the younger brothers and here we are. So it looks like Oklahoma's at least gonna take a take a swing at it. But here the funny thing is is how do you take another safety in this with what they already have on campus? That is that's gonna be
1: something. So Okay, let me ask you then, Brandon, because let's think about the possible trickle-down effect here. We know Oklahoma would love to have Jonah Williams in the 2025 class, arguably the top target on the entire board. And the question has long been, okay, beyond Jonah Williams – who is potentially the second safety in the class for Oklahoma? Is it Amarian Robinson? Is it maybe Marcus Wimberly? Is there a world in which in order to accommodate somebody like Keon Sabb, the Sooners simply say, Okay, we're only taking one safety in the twenty twenty five class?
7: I think you may end up with no safety if that I mean, there's a world where that's possible now. I think at the end of the day, if it was Jonah Williams and Amari and Robinson that end up committing to Oklahoma, you take two. If you get Amari Robinson and Jonah Williams is, doesn't end up going to Oklahoma, you're okay with that because there's there are people out there that believe that Amari Robinson is the best safety in the nation for the 2025 class. So, I mean, there it, it, it's all obviously the beauties in the eye of the beholder, but it's it's a very very you know argumentative point that you can. You can put out there if you watch both films, because uh, to be honest, Jonah Williams—he's more raw than anything else. He's more wide receiver right now. He's a willing tackler. He's not an elite tackler. Whereas Marion Robinson is an elite downhill tackler, and he's a super athlete. On top of that, and he loves playing safety position.
0: What are the chances the Sooners? I think the last uh, wow. rating I saw were sitting five uh in terms of the 2025 class uh what are the chances that Oklahoma might actually be able to put together the number one class in the country in 2025 and what would be the key
7: uh fairly decent actually we actually went through it uh in our last the podcast was we recorded one today but the podcast before we did a mock class and if you did the numbers on it I think it was it ended up being you know one two or three depending on how you wanted to look at it so Uh, I think you need to end up with Fasusi-Haywood or Fasusi-Rodgers or Haywood-Rodgers combination uh, running or uh, offensive line. Obviously, you need to end up with another four-star wide receiver. You need to end up with a top, uh, several other top, probably three other top 250 players on the D-line, which I think is going to happen regardless of the situation. And then um, I, I think... Since they equate the transfer portal in it, I think Oklahoma just needs to go all in on transfer. Which it sounds like they're going to have a lot more uh, disposable money this this upcoming uh, transfer cycle. So they, it'll probably not be as many people because right now Oklahoma is in a position to where their culture set their scholarships are uh, they're over, but they're they're at a point where if you you're releasing guys, you're releasing really good football players and allowing other programs to poach from you. Because you're the one getting rid of them uh, and processing them out. so it's it's a very interesting dynamic that Oklahoma's in right now as far as numbers and talent goes, because they've had three really good classes back to back to back. And when you do that, it becomes more of a first world problems, I guess, for college football coaches, if you will. So uh, I think you have to have that kind of type of combination. And you've got to have some movement as well. I think the fact that Oklahoma has such a good okay preps class in 25, they've got to clean the house. If they offer the guy and he's a four-star, top 250 player, Nate Roberts, C.J. Nixon, like you need to end up with those guys in the class. If you don't, that's that's another way that you don't reach number
1: one. Now, obviously Oklahoma's in a good spot for C.J. Nixon, Brandon. You dropped a future cast in favor of the Sooners for C.J. Nixon a couple weeks ago. And conveniently Mm -hmm. enough, it didn't take long for others to fall in line behind you in that regard. Mm -hmm. But as we look at the state of Oklahoma, the Sooners have six of the top ten players in the state for the 2025 class committed. Uh, The three of those four outside of the six that Oklahoma has committed – uh, so amongst the four that are not committed to Oklahoma, you have three of them that have OU offers. They have not offered more athletes. C.J. Simon, a former Nebraska pledge. He is the only one of the top ten in the state that does not hold an OU offer. But the other three are C.J. Nixon, Tristan Haynes, the cornerback out of Carl Albert, and, of course, Nate Roberts, mm-hmm. whom you already mentioned. I want to focus on Roberts and Haynes. Mm-hmm. Where do you see those two recruitments going over the next few months here?
7: Uh, I, I'm going to be honest, I think Haynes is the one where I just sit there and scratch my head and say, I have no clue. Um, he has been visiting Georgia, so the Bulldogs are after him. Obviously, he's been getting offers from everybody across the country. Uh, so he's he is skyrocketing up in just with the amount of attention and the programs that are willing to recruit him. Uh, you know, all of his teammates are committed to you and or – or at OU right now, one of the two, right, at Carl Albert. So I think at the end of the day, he ends up in Norman, but that's probably between the two, between him and Nate Roberts, That's I'm least confident with Tristan Haynes. And I say that because Nate Roberts is going to be at an OU football game more often than not because Big Brother plays for Oklahoma. So he's going to be around the campus. He's going to be around the players, the coaches, the culture, on a week-in and week-out basis just because – by virtue of family ties. And when that takes place, it, it doesn't even have to be family ties, but when you're around the program over and over and over, you generally want to be there. See Peyton Bowen, right? Jackson Arnold, his ex-girlfriend or whatever, uh, he was always up visiting Oklahoma. He was committed to Notre Dame, but he spent every weekend in Norman. So, I mean, at the end of the day, where you are the visits just i always say follow the visits and i think that's the thing that's going to lead true with Nate Roberts as well even though he has family that lives in ohio right he's got grandparents aunts uncles and it's all in that columbus area but his actually you know the 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 close knit family mom dad you know brothers sisters all that they're all here and he's got other family that are in oklahoma so i think it's going to be really hard to pull him from the center state though he does have a wandering eye right now, and who can blame him? It's his this is the one and only chance that he can do that. So, make it, you know, enjoy it, enjoy the process. But I think at the end of the day, Nate Roberts ends up at Oklahoma. Tristan Haynes is just, it's harder to gauge, but I still think he follows his friends.
0: Brandon, great stuff. my friend. Thank you very much. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next Friday. All right, thanks, guys. Brandon Drum joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. We got to pull up that uh, text when we get back about uh, Billy with uh, Tark and Barry Switzer. Pretty good, pretty good. <laughs> I can hear, I can hear that being said in my head right now. It's pretty funny. We'll tell you about it when we get back. We'll get as many texts in as we can. I appreciate you guys today and ladies. For being patient, it has been a big text line day. It's Billy Tubbs Day today, right here on the ref. We've had a lot of fun talking to some great former Sooner players who were there for the uh, golden era of Sooner basketball, the Billy Tubbs era. We even got Pat Tubbs in here with Taylor Tubbs McDaniel, which was really cool seeing her in here today. I I think she was enjoying hearing all the stories. All right, break time. Coming back, one more segment for us here on this Friday edition of Steel Man and Thune. All right, we are back for one more segment and uh, had a lot of fun reminiscing about the Billy Tubbs era today. And, again, it will be celebrated tomorrow with the Sooners-Kansas matchup 3 o'clock on uh, ESPN. Uh, Women's basketball, the uh, Sooner women in Morgantown tomorrow. Noon tip on ESPN Plus against West Virginia. They've won nine in a row, and I believe it's 12 or 13. Either 11 of 12 or 12 of 13. Two-game lead in the conference. Today, Central Arkansas on the Sooner Women's Softball Team. 3.30 on Soonersports.com. McNeese State's tonight at 6 p.m. That's an ESPN Plus Uh, matchup between the Sooners and the Cowgirls of McNeese State. Baseball right here on the ref. 2.30 pregame. In Arlington, Globe Life Field taking on the Oregon Ducks. 3 o'clock first pitch today. You will hear the pregame show on uh, AM fourteen hundred ninety nine point three FM, Oklahoma and Oregon. The Sooners play Tennessee Saturday night, Nebraska Sunday morning in Arlington. And I'm just thinking that, uh, man, I will get to see most of Tiger's uh, round today at Riviera when I get home. How about that? I mean, he's teeing off like in two minutes. So I'll get to see probably 16 holes or so, which would be very nice. All right, uh, Parker, do we have that? uh... Yes. Where is it? Yes, we will find it.
1: It was an amazing text. From a listener in the 405, Billy took Jerry Tarkanian to the OU Texas game in the 90s. In the tunnel, Barry Switzer came over and said hello. Billy said... Well, you two guys represent the most NCAA violations in history.
0: <laughs> That's so good. Tark, a long-time battle with the NCAA. Tark was a classic, too. Uh, chewing on the towel over there. Those Vegas teams are so much fun. And they were so alike, man. UNLV basketball, for a while, was as big a show in Vegas as the Brad Pack, right? For a while, they had it going, and uh, but Billy brought that brand of basketball. And they were ju- both uh, kind of junior college products, came up. Uh, they, they didn't have the college basketball silver spoon, you know, early start. But uh, those were some wars, too, back in the day. And Billy, they they had their uh, way with UNLV, including Stacey King, I think, scoring 46 out in Vegas to win a game out there on the road, which was really cool. All right, what else we have, Parker?
1: uh listener in the 972 shared with us a photo, a relic from the Billy Tubbs era. It appears to be, is this a media guide?
0: Yeah, there it is, the media uh, guide. 1984-85. Yeah. Uh, that looks like a Ted Watts painting, if I'm not mistaken, too. It's Billy, Chew Kennedy, Wayman uh, in the middle, and Tim McAllister down in the right-hand corner. The, the media guides used to be super cool. Now, you guys get digital Media guides. No, now, we still right? get paper ones. You do get the paper ones yeah. too. I remember that was always a a big day, you know, to get the media guide. It's pretty cool back in the day. And Wayman Tisdale, I will say, was a special dude, charismatic. Not only a great basketball player. We talked about again him becoming such a great jazz bassist, world renowned jazz bassist. And he played bass guitar and in, in in church, you know there in Tulsa um, and for Reverend Tisdale, obviously growing up. But to have two careers like that, and not only just the most genuine, likable personality, charismatic smile, from day one, he he was uh, a special dude when he arrived in Norman. Jeff on the text line says, Porter
1: Moser should have a coach's show at Hooters as a tribute to Billy <laughs> yeah, Tubbs.
0: They did. They had... I think it was the Hooters on Northwest Expressway. It became like a national story because Billy did his coach's show there. And they had all these people out there picketing, you know. Billy, if you knew Billy back in the day, Billy, he wasn't about to bow down to any pressure or anything. So Billy was his own guy. Okay, so
1: why were people picketing?
0: Oh, because, you know... Because it was Hooters? It was Hooters, and, you know, it was a a different time. We actually had more morals back then, but so they felt like, how could you have a coach's show around scantily clad women serving alcohol? You know, that kind of thing. When, again, the Palm Squad, you have scantily clad women cheering on college basketball. Not like Hooters, but you know what I mean. But that was the deal that, you know... How could you have a coach's show there? That's laughable now, but back then that became a uh, that became a story. A listener in the five eighty says, "I loved
1: Billy Ball back in the day. Watching Tim McAllister shooting them long range shots, his teams were great to watch." Sooner fan in Texas says, "Steelman, do you remember the Loyola Marymount
0: game at Loyola? The game didn't start till ten p.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah." I was in Wichita Falls for that one, right, I think. And, uh, you know, Paul West had those teams, man. Bo Kimble. Was that the uh, Hank, Hank Gathers gatherers? You had Jeff Fryer. You had the uh, – who was the enforcer, the dude? There's always that dude in the basketball movie back in the 70s or 80s who looks like an offensive lineman that plays the enforcer, you know. They had that guy, and I can't remember what his name was. Peabody, I think it may have been, believe it or not. But, yeah, you talk about – Lighting up the scoreboard. Those were fun days, man. Those were fun days. And watching those Loyola teams was a lot of fun. And, you know, they had a couple battles. So, And what one of the worst nights in college basketball history is when Hank Gathers went down for the second time. And uh, I was in Wichita Falls for that, and it was like, oh, no. And then we knew, like, within, I don't know, half an hour maybe or – Maybe a little bit How longer fast than did news pass. travel back that, then? Not very. But it was, you know, it was a sports center thing. And like CNN, that's where you get your latest stuff. CNN wasn't, you know, it wasn't a political thing back in those days. you had CNN Sports Tonight with uh, Nick Charles, Fred Hickman, Dan Hicks was on there. I'm Ben Alright CNN Headline Sports, or whatever he did. Um, Dan Patrick was on uh, Headline Sports. Or he was on CNN Sports tonight. So, But, yeah, that was a sad night. All right, Parker, what you got going this weekend? Well, this weekend, not a whole heck of a lot. Chilling? I'm chilling. There you go. Dreaming about the release of NCAA football 2025? Pretty much. There you go. I'll be taking it easy. A lot of people are. You deserve that, man. You run thank around you. quite a bit. So enjoy your weekend. And uh, I want to thank uh, Taylor Tubbs McDaniel. Pat Tubbs was awesome seeing her in here. She looked great. Chuck Watson, Chu Kennedy was typical, too. Hilarious. Sean Clark did a great job. Uh, thank you to all those former Billy players, and thank you most to our friend Tommy Tubbs who put all this together. We'll honor Billy tomorrow at the LNC. Everybody, have a fantastic Friday and a wonderful weekend. We'll see you.